You are now entering the Nintendo Power Zone. Now you're podcasting with power. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. Sanctioned by the Nintendo Power Zone Commission, our two hosts judging this contest are Nice1983 and Mario After Party. And when our action begins, the referee in charge of the battle arena is Reggie Fizeme. And now, the moment Nintendo fans watching around the world have been waiting for. Live from Tampa, Florida, it's time! Five rounds for the Undisputed Arms Championship of the World! Ladies and gentlemen, I'm your co-host, Mario After Party. And I'm your host, Nice1983, and welcome to the Nintendo Power Zone. And I really hope you guys enjoyed that special UFC-style introduction to our topic today. And if you haven't guessed by now... We're going to be discussing the ARMS Global Test Punch. So over the past two weekends, Nintendo has held both of them featuring separate modes and characters available for play. So what we're going to go ahead and do is we're going to go ahead and get the ball rolling on this episode. And we're going to go ahead and we're going to start with the characters. Like I said, guys, we have five rounds here. Round one. So our first character here is Springman. This is an interesting character. This character has a very different ability than all of the other characters. Springman's ability is when he gets uh, to a certain percentage of his health, he gets a power boost. Now, I find this character to be interesting because he's very mid-tier. He's None of his attributes are better than anyone else's. He's got average speed, average strength, and his, his jumping is average. He is your most basic player. And I, I kind of had a lot of uh, success with him in the early goings. I, just when I was getting the, my bearings with the game during the first day of the test punch, I thought he was very cool, but he he's not really my cup of tea. But, I mean, I know that I can win with this character. After Party, you've played with Springman, uh, I'm certain. I made sure that uh, I devoted at least four or five matches to each one, so... I like Springman. I'm kind of with you. He's not necessarily my favorite character, but um, he's pretty cool. Most of the ARMS characters have a special ability that involves their movement in some way. Because if you look at Ribbon Girl, she can triple jump. Uh, you know, she can do three little hops before she comes back down. Mechanica can hover. Um, DNA Man can either stretch himself really long or shrink himself. And Springman doesn't have that ability to really change his movement very much. His his unique ability is attack based. I would definitely agree with that with that statement. Yeah, like movement is such an important factor here. I mean, it's partly part of the reason why this game has motion controls as its primary, you know, control set is because movement is so key in the ability of controlling these characters. And Springman's movement is probably not the most limited because there are a few characters who have a much more limited amount of movement available to them, but he's definitely at the bottom tier 
of the movement list. Uh, somebody who isn't, though, is Ribbon Girl. Ribbon Girl has that unique triple jump ability, which can be frustrating when you're playing against her because it kind of makes her hard to pinpoint. Um, she's not my favorite character. I had the least amount of success with her uh, just because I just couldn't really get a grip on how to properly use the triple jump. I would triple jump into punches, so that's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah, she's a. I, I actually like her. Uh, she's probably in my top three for the characters that I've used um, in this test punch. She, you know, her triple jump, you don't have to use all three. You can just use one or two, kind of psych your opponent out. She's fairly quick, so I... I think, her, you know, she is a little, one of the weaker characters, but she was a lot of fun to to kind of use that that little triple jump ability. Yeah, no, I mean, she has her advantages. She's just personally, I don't, I don't think she's my cup of tea. Somebody who is though is Ninjara. This is my favorite character in the bunch. Ninjara is all about stealthy movement. And he accomplishes that by using a slick little uh, teleport in the middle of a jump. So if you hit the jump button and then the dash button, he will disappear for a second and appear in whichever direction you are uh, pressing. So if you want to go left, you know, dash and you hit the teleport, he goes left. You can go forward and backwards with the teleport. And let me tell you, that backwards teleport is so nice when somebody just barely misses that punch. Because you you decided to go backwards, literally on some Frankie Edgar tip right there. No, but he is he is awesome. I love his speed, and he has one of the most satisfying grabs. Because when he reaches out, he grabs, he pulls himself in, kicks the opponent in the face, sends them flying upwards, teleports, and then smashes them from above. And when you're playing hoops, that is the most satisfying dunk in the game. I gotta say. Yeah, his movement is is probably the best out of the the characters that we've seen so far just because he's fast. I think his jump height is higher than the other characters as well. He has that teleportation ability. Um Ninjara is I can see why he's so popular online. That's true. And as somebody who has a much more limited amount of movement, probably the worst movement in the game is Master Mummy. Uh, he's big, he's bulky, he's slow, but he does have one of the better uh, specials in the game. Uh, and if he, he, he reminds me a lot of Balrog in a sense where like he's gonna t he's gonna take a lot to master, but when you do master this character, they're gonna be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, he's although he is kind of a trolley character because he's designed to encourage players to camp out because his special is to heal while he's blocking. So there's going to be a lot of players who use him to run away and just kind of hang out in the back and, and just regenerate their health, which is going to really frustrate some people. Although he is kind of the, um, the anti camper as well, because he neutralizes a lot of the, the people who do like to, run away from you or camp out. If you're using Twintel or Ribbon Girl or someone and you're trying to be cheap and run away from the fight and you're fighting Master Mummy, he's just going to regenerate all his health against you. So in that sense, 
he's he kind of neutralizes that against the other characters. Um, although a, a Master Mummy Ditto match would be pretty interesting, though. <laughs> See, for me, I found that character to be out of all the matchups. I thought because I mostly use Ninjar during the test punch, I did get a chance to use everybody as well. But I mainly focused on Ninjar because that's the person I want to walk into the game with and know that's who I'm probably going to main. But for Ninjara, that's a pretty hard matchup because where Ninjara, you know, what he what he has in speed, he lacks in overall power. So that Master Mummy matchup can be a little tricky because when you take a hit, man, but for Master Mummy, it shows. Like he, I, Most of the times I beat a Master Mummy, they're pretty clutch matches. I'm usually kind of pulling out all the stops and kind of just abusing them when they're healing. Personally, that's just my personal experience with uh, battling against Master Mummies. Another character who I do have a little bit of success with, though, uh, is Min Min. Min Min has one of the better abilities, uh, and it's just funny to watch her. She has got to be the Chun-Li of arms. Uh, Her ability is to kick away punches while she's jumping. That's very cool because I instantly see her legs going off. I'm like, look at little Chun-Li over there. She, she requires a lot of precision, though, because you've really got to time that um, just right to get um, that block in there. And she has a lot of range because of the laser that fires out from her dragon arms. And uh, she was the character that I actually had the most success with. So I would say my favorite character right now, I, I really like using Min Min. She's got really great movement. She's got great range. She has good power. Um, and I think she was actually the second most popular character behind Ninjara online. Um, so, yeah, she, Min Min is, is – uh, she's pretty badass. I like her. Yeah, I mean, she's got a lot of advantages to her. Like, she can be a little, she can be a little trolly too. Like, even though she has a lot more movement options than a Master Mummy – she can kind of play the distance game a lot more than everybody else due to that uh that laser firing dragon arm. She can play that distance game and it can be it can be frustrating like min mins. I don't necessarily like to fight them. I haven't really lost to a lot of min mins though, but I find that character to be like really trolly cuz she's just sitting there blasting you from a distance and I'm like I hate you. I'm going to catch you and when I do, you're going to feel it. <sighs> All right, next up we have Mechanica. Uh, she, I don't think I want to match with Mechanica. She is my least favorite in the bunch. I didn't initially like Mechanica when I first used her because I thought she she just didn't have the range and it was hard to get those grabs in on other characters and she was kind of slow too. But once I realized that she could hover, if you hold the jump button down, then she actually um, became much more useful. And I realized she really does have a lot of movement options because I would be in a match and I would jump up in the air and my opponent would expect me to come back down so they would throw out a punch or a grab and I would just stay there and hover and then use that as an opening to go and get them with one of my own attacks. And I was like, man, Mechanica's actually really good. She's just kind of hard to use. So... She ended up being my second favorite character, and I had a lot of success with her um, today in particular, but she is um, she's a little tricky 
because she's got some weakness. Like her weaknesses are pretty um, pronounced, but she definitely has one of the best abilities in in that she can hover. So I I like her. Yeah, man. For me, it was all about like not really liking her ability to hover. Like I didn't like it. I felt like I didn't have the movement that I like. I mean, because I'm like coming off of Ninjara, his movement is it's also requires you to be up in the air, but it's a it's very brief, you know. Like he teleports and then he comes right back down with Mechanica. It's like you have to stay control of that hover. Didn't really like it. I didn't like the character's range that much, and she is almost as slow as Master as Master Mummy, if not slower, which just didn't didn't feel good to me. Um, somebody who felt a lot better though was Helix. Uh, Helix is like the Anderson Silva of the Arms universe. His movement, if done correctly, it is it is top tier. The way this character can move. If you don't know who Anderson Silva is, guys, look up a few videos of the way he moves and tell me that they didn't steal his movement to replicate a lot of what Helix is doing. He was the hardest to use for me, though, because um, using the shield arm, like, I, I didn't know what advantage I would have from from using that as opposed to just guarding normally. Um, and then, like, if you hold the dash button, he shrinks, which is good for ducking punches. And then if you hold the jump button, he extends his torso so that he's, like, really tall and you can use that to kind of move side by side to get around uh, attacks. But trying to use them in the middle of a match and use both um, abilities, because he kind of has two, and use them effectively was so difficult. And um, I like him, but I just am not very good with him right now. No, he is going to be one of those characters, just like Master Mummy, that is going to take a lot of uh, time and dedication to master the precision that it's going to take to be able to, to, to dodge the, with that character as effectively as you would any of the other characters. But, you know, from the videos that we've seen and, you know, just out in sheer practice, I can tell that that character is going to, you know, somebody's going to be able to make that character very good. It's just gonna take. It's gonna take the dedication. It's just like he is probably like a traditional fighting game character in the fact that it's if you're gonna dedicate yourself to a character like him, you're gonna have to learn to master it so that, and you're gonna have to put in that time and effort. But I might not personally be willing to make that effort right away. He's probably a character that I'm gonna build my way up to, but I can see myself getting good with that character at some point. So those are the characters that they had during the first weekend of the Test Punch. This weekend, they added two new characters, but only one of them is playable. Uh, the most requested character in the game since her uh, announcement, Twintel, or as I like to call her, hashtag Booty Queen. She's an interesting character. Um, I didn't really have a lot of success with her. I could see how a lot of people could get good with her really fast. She's She moves very slow, but it seems like deliberate almost in a way the way that she approaches uh she has very annoying abilities with the chilla she freezes and i don't i guess that stupid bird arm 
paralyzes, so it makes that character really trolly. She can really limit the movement options of the other fighters. That's what that character is all about. It's a, she's about limiting movement so that she doesn't actually have to move all that much. That's why her movement uh, options seem so hampered by comparison to the other characters. Because instead of her having the movement, she negates other people's uh, movement abilities. It makes her frustrating. But I haven't played a lot of people that were good with her either yet. Out of all the people I played today, I think I found only like one or two players that use her effectively and I still beat them. Um, yeah, she is a kind of another one that's hard to use and you know you're right. Her her ability affects other fighters and instead of really affecting her or what she can do because it's supposed to slow down the attacks from your opponent, but I didn't really have a lot of success with it when I did use it. I didn't really know if I was slowing down their attacks at all. Maybe I wasn't doing it right. Um, I didn't particularly find her that useful. Uh, she's definitely more of a defensive character based on her abilities. So she's she's going to be a character that I think if you're, if you're playing against a good Twintel, you're going to have to spend a lot more time trying to break her down because of the nature of her playstyle, but um, I, I was a little disappointed with her. I thought she would be um, a lot more fun to use, and, and I just, I don't know. I didn't really um, spend as much time with her as I did with the other characters because she was just added for this weekend's Test Punch, and I'll probably try to use her a few more times just to see if maybe I can get the hang of that ability, but um, I guess I guess it's good to say that there there's so much difference in the abilities of each character that it really does offer a lot of depth. And one of the uh, things that Nice One and I were discussing earlier today was, well, can this um, be an esport if it doesn't? really have like button combinations because most traditional fighters will have some sort of a combination sequence of buttons that you need to memorize even with smash you know every character has the has basically the same button combinations but you still have to know that like down b is going to be your special or that you need to use the tilt controls to and and there there aren't really as many specials in this game and towards the end of the episode we'll go into what our opinions are for whether or not this can be an eSport. But um, I will say that there's a lot of depth in arms. It's just in different areas. And it's it's in the movement of the characters. And uh, there, there definitely isn't a bad character in the game so far. They, they're all very diverse. Um, but as far as Twintel is concerned, I she wasn't one of my favorite characters. Ironically, though, Twintel is like the breakout star of this game. Before she was playable, she was the breakout star of this game. All of these characters have amazing design. This is this game fundamentally proves why Nintendo is one of the best video game companies in the world when it comes to things like character design. All of these characters are as iconic as Mario, Link, Little Mac, Pit, you know, Donkey Kong, all of these characters have 
everything and you know the inklings more more recently the inklings all these characters really really stand up but among them twintel of this bunch stands the tallest like people gravitated to her just based off of her design like hashtag booty queen is killing it there is already a crap ton of fan art based on twintel and i was i was really surprised to see the reception that she's gotten as a character, it, it almost didn't make any sense to me. I was not, because she is overly sexy. She's got a big, round booty. She speaks French. She's she's already sexy, and she uh, she speaks French. Some of the... Uh, I don't remember all the little sayings she, she does when you win, but there was one of them where she was like, C'est bon. Mm. And it's just like, oh my god, you know? And, and she fights with her hair which is unique as well because none of the other characters can do that. So um, she is definitely got a lot of um, attributes that make her stand out from the rest of the pack. And hey, that's probably why she is the uh, like world famous actress of the bunch, you know, because she's, she's like the movie star as far as her bio is concerned. And, and so she's like the super famous, you know, like, Halle Berry of the group. Well, when I was looking at hashtag booty queen over here, Miss Twintel, I looked at her and I felt like she could be supplanted into Street Fighter. Her design is really strong. Like she could fit among that core cast of Street Fighter characters and you wouldn't know the difference. Proportion wise, she kind of fits like the body image of most of the female Street Fighter characters. Like, she would be right at home among somebody like Cammy and Chun Li. What we're going to go ahead and do is we're going to talk about one character that was added to this weekend's Test Punch, but not playable. We saw this character a little bit during uh, the arms presentation, and this character is Headlock, who is a boss character. Now, during the Test Punch, he seems to be limited to uh, three on one battles. This character is a tough SOB. He's got uh, four arms, six if you include the two of the fighter that he's taken over. And that's kind of his stick. He's kind of just a head with arms. And then he puts himself onto the body of one of the primary arms characters. And he adopts their abilities. He's frustrating. He's annoying. And uh, it's really annoying that you have to fight him with other people. I'm hoping this is just a test fire mode um, because I don't enjoy getting beat up by my supposed teammates while trying to fight a character as strong as this. But his design is actually pretty cool. It's just like this metal, evil-looking head with four freaking arms. Any thoughts on him um, other than... No, to add? not really. I mean, it would have been nice to fight him one-on-one, -on -one, but... Uh, yeah, he was just kind of. Uh, I mean, he, he's got good design, but I, I had to fight him like six times today, and it, it started getting a little bit um, repetitive. Yeah, I've actually fought him like eleven times because I fought him five times during this morning's test punch, and then another six times during the uh, the afternoon test punch. And uh, like I said, it's just not my favorite mode. But guys, that's it for round one. It's time to go ahead and move into round two, which are the stages. 
So we had four stages available, three of them during the first week, and one new stage was added today. The reason we're bringing up the stages is, is because all of these stages are unique, and we kind of want to determine whether or not the stages actually affect gameplay. Like, in games like Street Fighter, you know, your stage selection doesn't really matter. I mean, there are a few breakable items in Street Fighter, but they don't necessarily affect the health of the character. Or they don't provide a character with any specific advantage or disadvantage unless you're playing as somebody like Vega. But so the first stage we have is a spring stadium. It's basically this arena with these like elastic bands along the edges that you can bounce off of. These are actually kind of good for avoiding like oncoming punches. You can kind of bounce on bounce on them and then bounce away from oncoming attacks. This stage is pretty basic, though. It, it looks very basic, but it actually, you know, th those spring bands can actually be useful. And it's kind of funny to throw somebody into those bands, you know, and watch them kind of bounce off and then flop down to the floor. Yeah, I like that stage. It's, it's not that large, so if you have a character that doesn't have a lot of range, then you won't have too many problems with opponents who like to hang back. Um, but there is some strategy to using the um, little trampolines on the perimeter. It's uh, something that I, sometimes I would forget that they were there because I, you know, I would be fighting and be like, "Oh yeah, I could maybe use this to get away from an attack." But it is a pretty good stage. Yeah, I, I thought it, I thought it was an interesting stage, and it's kind of like that basic arena, you know. And I love, like, when you're in that stage, like, you just you have, like, thousands of people in the crowd sitting there watching you fight. Very cool aesthetically. But next up, we have the Ninja College, which uh, might be one of my favorite stages. It looks so nice. But it kind of rewards characters that have a lot of movement options. And as, you know, I'm maining Ninjara right now, that stage is just a lot of fun. Um, it's just, I love it because it's, like, this like straight up Japanese ninja temple with this very long staircase that you can go up and down. One player starts at the top, the other at the bottom, and you kind of meet at the center and all havoc right, you know, begins right there. I like this stage a lot. It doesn't have a lot in the way of like uh, things that you can jump off of because this is basically for the characters who can move a lot. Like your stationary characters are probably going to have a lot more of trouble here on this stage because it doesn't really benefit them because of the overall length of this stage because yeah, it's, it's one of the longer ones it's the longest one so far that we've got to play although i think it's also the most aesthetically pretty stage it's just really nice it's got that fall university type setting and uh there is some strategy i think in in almost every stage in this one it's definitely trying to get the high ground so that when you when you jump off the stairs, if you're already um, higher up than your opponent, then you can get um, kind of out of their range with the jump, or get get above them, and that is definitely uh, how I try to approach that stage. But yeah, that was probably my favorite stage in the game. Well, I like that stage a lot. It's actually not my favorite. I think my favorite's actually the DNA lab, which is for the character Helix. This 
this stage has a lot of hidden detail. In fact, I didn't see a lot of the details in this stage until I looked at some of my screenshots of me fighting on this stage. But I love this stage. You have like those giant test tubes filled with like alternate helix is heli helixes. What is that? Whatever the plural of helix is. Wait, is helix already plural? Whatever. It has all of those other characters in there, and uh, they're breakable, and you can use them to kind of like hide, and if you have like one of those curving punches, it's really slick. This one of my favorite things to do as Ninjara is to just get right behind one of those things and hook a punch and kind of just like bitch slap the person on the other side from a distance. It's freaking hilarious. I love it's, the stage too. I love throwing people through the test tubes and watching them shatter. Yeah, it's the only one we've got to play that had obstacles in it, and that was, you know, something I'm I'm pretty sure everybody immediately just kind of instinctively knew how to use because there's a lot of people trying to hide behind them, especially in the three man or four man brawls. You know, you'd see people back there trying to like stay out of the action and. Um, it, it was a pretty cool stage. I I like that one a lot, too. Yeah, that stage favors the characters with limited movement options. Like, Master Mummies on that stage are a lot harder to fight for some reason because they're just kind of camping out behind those test tubes. Kind of forces you to throw punches at them from an angle. I don't like the stage, though, man. I love, like, the, you know, the thousand-foot-tall bookshelves in the background. Uh, it, it's just a fun stage. Uh, and lastly, we have a stage that was added during this weekend's test fire, the Ramen Bowl. Now, this stage is straight funny. Uh, I think the coolest thing, though, is if you do enough damage to the floor, it exposes a trampoline right under the uh, the ceramic. I haven't gotten, I haven't been able to use this option too much, but it did happen in a battle, and it was. Really intriguing to see how the battle went once that part, once that floor was shattered. So that you know that stage was really fun, especially with uh with Min Min because being able to bounce off up and down so many times it allowed me to use her, you know, her kicks a lot more effectively. I don't know if I got to um, expose that part of the stage. See, uh, most of my tech battle tactics actually involves a lot of grabbing. Especially when I'm playing with Ninjara, it I I use a lot of his movement to hide the fact that I'm going to go for a grab. So I kept throwing people down to the floor, and eventually it, it exposed that and made that a lot more fun for me. Yeah, I don't know if I got to to utilize that because um, without it, the stage is kind of bland. Uh, it's not a bad stage, but it's just a bowl, and it's pretty big too. So. It kind of allows for a lot of campiness, but um, the trampoline in the center does add a um, pretty good strategic element to it if you can break into it. Okay, so that's it for round two. What we're going to do now is we're going to go ahead and we're going to slide right into round three. And this round is really important, guys. We're going to go ahead and we're going to focus on the controls. So there are a few options for controls. I've done two out of the three that we know about. Um, 
I've used the motion controls and I've used the pro controller and the joy, you know, with the pro controller. Uh, the motion controls are actually, they're pretty intuitive. I don't actually think they're as good as I need them to be. It was personally, I'm not a huge fan of motion controls in the first place. Uh, I, f I think the way you hold the controllers is actually kind of weird and it, it doesn't quite feel right to me. But I was having a lot of success with the motion controls during the first test fire. I literally got on there and I won every match. And it was a it was very interesting. Uh, the movement was confusing though, like moving you know moving forwards and backwards was my major issue there. But other than that, I thought they were pretty intuitive. And curving the punches, it it does feel kind of natural to like throw a punch and then you know turn that controller over, and it felt right. But ultimately, I went ahead and I moved to the traditional controls and. That's where I really found my love for the game. When I was just using the motion controls, I didn't think I was going to like the game. But the moment, yeah. the moment I switched was the moment that it felt like really good to me. I didn't, I didn't like them at first because I wasn't using it. I wasn't using the Joy-Cons the right way, so I, I went and used the uh, analog controls. The analog controls are good, so people who are worried that um, they're going to have to use the motion controls, I think, uh, should be a little bit um, relieved just because the game does work um, with just the analog controls. But um, I didn't realize that when, when you are holding the Joy-Cons, you can't hold them like you would normally hold them playing a game where the buttons are facing you. You have to, it's kind of awkward, but you have to turn the controllers inward so that the buttons are facing each other. And that's how the movement registers. So then when you pull it back or tilt it forward, you move forward and back. And if you um, tilt them inward, you'll guard. And then obviously, if you tilt both of them right or both of them left, that you'll move in that direction. So you just have to hold them the right way. You can't have them facing up with the, with you looking at the buttons, which is a little bit weird. It doesn't really feel um, normal or natural trying to hold a controller that way. But the motion controls work really, really well. And I am a fan of them um, for this game. I think they're precise enough to where you can use them successfully. And, and they're good enough to where they, they don't hinder the game at all. I think they actually might, in, in, like in the case of Splatoon, it might actually benefit you to use them. I haven't played ARMS enough to really be able to say what the what my preferred control scheme is, but so far I have um, mostly used the motion controls, and I think they're pretty good. See, once I realized that you could use the, the standard con pro controller, there was a lot more success for me, and I was winning. I was winning using the motion controls, but I was winning a lot better when I switched to the uh, the Pro Controller. And I, I do want to take a quick uh, shot at Nintendo. 
uh, real quick. They have positioned this game as a motion-based game. They have literally not paid any attention to the you know the standard pro controllers control scheme, and I think that's a missed opportunity in the long run. I think it, like especially when these when the controls work as well as they do, it makes the game feel really fluid. Although, you know, even with the pro controller, I feel like they're not really advertising the best uh, button set either. Um, they're telling you to attack with the A and B button when you're playing with the Pro Controller. Uh, it still feels better to attack with the triggers, even when you're using the Pro Controller. You know, just having using the ZR and the ZL feels a lot more natural when you're using the X and the Y buttons for jumping and dashing. It feels better instead of hitting the A and the B button. That being said, though, these the Pro Controls feel really good. You have the ability to curve your punches still. So you're not losing that. You also have the ability in the event that you're facing multiple opponents, you can kind of quick change which direction you're looking at. So that feels really good. I, I enjoy the standard controls on this more than I do the motion controls. And I think the motion controls are really solid. But personally, the, the, the Pro Controller is the way to go. And since I switched to the Pro Controller, I've become a beast. The only upside to the, the motion controls, though, is where your fingers get placed, it's perfect to press the capture button repeatedly during a match. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Um, like I said, I don't know what my preferred control scheme is, is eventually going to be, but right now I've mostly been using motion controls. But um, the Joy-Con is a really good way to go. I do agree. Well... Guys, that is round three. Round three was a quick round, but round four most definitely will be filled with a lot of fun, maybe a little bit of debate. So round four, we're going to discuss the playable modes. So right now, the only mode we had available was party mode, but within that party mode, you had a couple of different options. So the first option, we're going to go ahead and talk about my least favorite of the bunch first. I want to get it out of the way. V-Ball. V-Ball is arms take on volleyball, and I don't really like it. I think that's literally the most non-fun part of the game. Now, not to say that I wasn't doing okay. I, I was doing okay. I wasn't doing good. I wasn't doing bad. But I didn't like it. I, I like it even less solo player mode. It's actually better when you have, you know, when you're playing doubles. But I still didn't really enjoy it even during doubles because then I'm relying on a, on a teammate who may not be as good as using, you know, their abilities to benefit the game. Um, but it's fun. I mean, it's a volleyball that, like, if you hit somebody, you know, you hit it and it lands on the floor, it basically explodes. Now, Personally, I don't know if this has happened to me. I don't know if this has only happened to me or if this has happened to other people. But I swear, sometimes I will knock the volleyball on the other side of the floor and it'll, it won't it will explode and they'll get a chance to hit it back. And I'm like, that hit the floor. Why didn't they get exploded? I had the same problem. I had times where I would hit the volleyball, it would bounce off the floor, bounce back up, and it wouldn't explode. And then, of course, the moment it touches the floor on my side, it blows up and they get a point. And I just felt volleyball, I don't know if, if there's something about the way that game works that maybe I just don't understand, but 
it didn't seem to work right. It, it was like, I think there were some bugs in it, and I, I wasn't really a fan of of V-Ball. It, it was, honestly, it wasn't really that fun even just trying to hit the volleyball over. Um, I felt like arms is not one of those games that is really suited to that sport if you want to try to add that as a side mode because the characters don't move fast enough. You can't really dive for the ball. I know you can shoot your arms out there all the way across the stage, but you would have to have a lot better movement, a lot quicker, more precise movement if you wanted to to have a volleyball game, and, and it doesn't really lend itself to that. So I for think me, that... I think V-Ball was really designed, though, to encourage people to jump more because I noticed the people that beat me were jumping a lot more. I ended up being on the ground a lot and not trying to jump and be proactive. I was always kind of reactive. So I, I don't know. Maybe if I need to incorporate jumping more for that for it to be effective at it. But even if I was more effective at V-Ball, I don't think I'd like it still. Yeah, you might be right because each mode does – try to teach you something one of the good things about the side modes is that they're kind of trying to focus on one aspect of the game in v-ball i honestly don't know for sure what it is but it could be more aerial attacks um like you said but you know in hoops it's it's all about grabs oh, and yeah. then in skill shot it's about more precise punches trying to to get them uh, the, the accuracy in there. So I felt like each mode was good in the sense that it, you know, it was at least improving my game in, in some sort of, of area. Yeah, I agree. Now, let's go ahead and talk about it. You, you mentioned it. It's hoops. Hoops is all about the grabs. And this mode is so fun that if they had just made this the game, I would have still bought this shit. Because... There is something so satisfying about dunking somebody. What did you, you said something to me earlier that made me outright laugh. What did you say about hoops? I mean, it's just disrespectful to dunk somebody in the net. If, <laughs> if you get dunked like face first into the net, it is disrespectful. And, and I mean, like I had a lot of success with that mode. Um, and it really actually did help me get better with grabs because I wasn't using a whole lot of grabs when I first started playing this game, but you're forced to do it in the uh, hoops mode. And I agree with you. This mode was so much fun. I was a little surprised because I, I was kind of uh, turned off from from V-Ball, but then uh, when hoops came in in the uh, second week, I was like, you know, this mode is really, really good by itself. It's like really fun. And I can see myself playing hoops online just as much as I'm playing like a one one v one regular um, fighting match, because it really um, it's just fun disrespecting your opponent and throwing them face first into the net. Like that's <laughs> I've I've never I just never thought about basketball like that until arms and, and then it offers great screenshots too. Man, you get some really amazing screenshots in that mode no i have some amazing screenshots of me dunking people in the in the hoop and that's and that like further extends the disrespect 
when like you dunk somebody and then you like tweet out the fact that you've dunked them, it is. I legit would have bought this bought hoops as a standalone mode. I I honestly would. It is just that much fun, and I kind of feel bad for NBA Playgrounds because <laughs> this game is so awesome. Yeah, because it's like, probably better. <laughs> dunking on somebody is great, but what's really nice is when you don't give them a chance to dunk you back when you just completely shut them out. So the game automatically stops, you know, once you hit 10 points. But I shut somebody out so bad. Um, it doesn't, because I won a game 11 to nothing once. You had a three-point shot, though, in there. The game's, like, once you hit that, once you hit double-digit, the 10, that's when the game will end if all you're getting are two points. The, okay, so, yeah, okay. maybe I had nine points, and then when I got that last score, it shut yeah, me the, down. Yeah, so okay. you, you got that extra point because of a three-point shot. But I just dunked this dude over and over. I felt bad because they tried. But I also had some of my most intense matches during hoops. Like, I actually won a game of hoops with one second left using my special. Like, I was like, this mode is awesome. It might be my favorite mode. I might like it actually better than the fighting. If that's even possible, I might like it better than the fighting. But let's go ahead and move on to the fighting, unless you have something else to add. No. All right, so our next mode is, in fact, fighting. And there are a couple different iterations on fighting. You have your 1v1, your 2 on 2 your free-for-all, and, your uh, and you have your headlock matches, which is basically a 3-on-1 format where you three people fight a boss. Let's start with the 2-on-2s uh, the two because this is kind of my least favorite. Yeah, you're, you're tethered to your teammate, and so the mode kind of overemphasizes throws because if you throw your teammate or not your teammate, if you throw your opponent, their teammate goes with them and it, it totally um, interrupts the, the flow of whatever they're doing in battle. And it's, uh, I mean, there's some strategy to it, but the mode just ends up being kind of annoying. Well, and then it's also chaotic because there's, there's friendly fire during this mode. You can actually hit your teammate in the middle of a grab and stop, you know, the grab. Because that's the, the cool thing about this is, is that you can interrupt a grab. Uh, or at least somebody else can interrupt a grab for you. Like, and save your ass. But it's not cool when it's your teammate who's the one who's interrupting, you know, your ability to help win the match. And I find that annoying. Plus, in the event that you're a character that has a lot of movement and your teammate is somebody like Master Mummy... Well, you just negated all the movement of the character of a character like Ninjara or or Min Min or even Springman. Like their their movement gets negated by the fact that they're tied down to a far heavier character. Yeah, and it's not that this is such a, a bad mode or anything. It's just it requires teamwork, and teamwork requires voice chat. And when you are playing with a character who's backing off the whole time, you can't really move forward because the the little um, tether in between you two is it only stretches so far. So I had one match where I was trying to get to the opponents and, and like my teammate was running away and I couldn't hit them and it was really frustrating. And this is one of those, those 
modes where you really wish the Nintendo voice chat app was out because, I mean, like, then at least you could have a little bit more coordination. I 100% agree, and it's almost a shame that a game that is going to kind of utilize a mode like this is not going to have that app available for it uh, right away. Uh, then we have your free-for-all matches. Now, these are interesting because it can be, you know, three people or it can be four people. Yeah, those are great, actually. I, I really enjoyed those. I still prefer a one-on-one match, but um, the, the free-for-all brawls were really fun. And, you know, it's always kind of fun to, to see how the um, the match can just suddenly change, you know, because let's say one character is trying to hide and, and two characters are fighting each other and they're going at it. And then all of a sudden, you both realize that the third person is like over there in the corner hiding and then you both rush towards them and turn on them and they're like, no! And like it's it's kind of funny to see the, the dynamics of that match go round and round oh. until... Until someone finally wins. And then in a four-man brawl, it's just total chaos. So during one of these free-for-alls, I actually got put in a room with two people that I had perfected in individual one-on-one matches. And I knew instantly what was going to happen. The (laughs) second that match started, I started to back away because you always end up in different positions. Sometimes two people will be close to each other so you hope that they'll focus on each other because they're in, within each other's line of sight. What happened was they were within each other's line of sight, but they both turned their attention towards me and both started to try to rain down on me. And I was like, oh, my God, they're so cheap. They're so cheap. They're double teaming me. And I still won. <laughs> I so- still beat you with one second on the clock. It was one of the, it was one of the greatest matches I've ever had during ARMS, and it was – great because my fiance was there and she was watching me play she's like oh my god that was amazing you beat them both you knocked them both out yeah it is a really fun game to watch as a spectator but before i get into that though i just want to use this moment to kind of like interject a little social media because um i had posted a picture of a, of a three-man brawl on Twitter, and I had actually got a perfect in a three-man brawl, um, and I got the, the knockout for both opponents. So I was, I was engaged in the battle the whole time, and I posted that screenshot on Twitter, and Nintendo of Europe actually retweeted it, and it kind of went viral, and I had all these people commenting on it and liking it, and um, it just... You know, that, that's like one of those moments in the game where I was just like, oh, my God. And, uh, you know, Nice One and I have both put up a crap ton of screenshots for this game since, you know, week one and this week for the Global Test Punch. So, at Mario After Party, guys, if you want to see some of these screenshots. Well, the cool thing is what I'm going to do for the video version of this episode is I'm actually going to download a few of the screenshots we've both taken from Twitter, and I'm going to put them here in the video feed, so you're going to be able to see them here, but I'm not going to put them all. You really want to see these tweets and these awesome images, like he said, you got to check his Twitter feed and mine, at Mario After Party, at Nice193, and at Zone, where you can see all these awesome screenshots that we've taken. And guys, 
I already playing arms have 500 screenshots so I have a crap ton more to post you guys gotta check out these screenshots they're a lot of fun and send us yours send us yours we want to see your screenshots because I know you guys are out there taking them I want to see the memes by the way on my Twitter profile during hoops I have used a crap ton of NBA Jam memes like boom shakalaka so much fun but no, the, the free-for-alls are actually one of my favorite moments in the uh, of the fight uh, uh, mode because it's it is chaos and it is funny when you're when you like to double team somebody. It's not fun to get double teamed, but like it is really funny. Personally, though, what I like to do in those free-for-alls is I kind of like to let them fight it out and then sneak up from behind and just pull off a grab. Because they don't, you know, once they're once two people are engaged, they kind of ignore the fact that there's a third person there. And you can kind of use that to be shrewd and get a lot of, like, dirty hits in. But I did enjoy that. But my favorite of the fight modes is 1v1. It's a, I love the traditional battles. It's a lot of fun to just go head-to-head. -head. And it's kind of the way that I grew up playing fighting games in these, like, one-on-one -on -one matches like that's how you really determine who's the best players in a one-on-one -on -one match uh but while we're in this mode there are there's a little smash like element to these stages uh, or to these uh to fight mode because you have items you have uh i get it i don't know if it's supposed to look like a baby bottle of milk but that's what i see you have the one that one that replenishes your health you have one that uh, boosts your special, and then you just have these random bombs that can really change the course of battle. I've lost a few matches because I've been blown up by a bomb or punched directly into an exploding bomb. Yeah, the, the items, they don't um, completely change the tide of battle. I think they do enough when, when they get dropped into the arena to kind of um, change the battle without making it too chaotic. But at the same time, um, I wonder if this does become a competitive game if people are going to eliminate the items, uh, especially the bombs, because the bombs have a, a much bigger impact, I think, than, than the... Uh, the healing items or the or the special boosting ones just because like if if you get the first hit on that bomb and you knock it towards your opponent it's really difficult to throw it back at them before it explodes and sometimes it can leave you with a feeling like maybe your your opponent got a cheap victory over you oh, so yeah. so i don't know if that's going to be one of the the things that people decide that well it, you know we don't really want this in the competitive scene you know there was one match that i had where i really felt bad for this person i had i don't know if they, maybe it was like their first match and i had been playing in all the test fires up to that point but i was beating somebody pretty 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 badly and they pulled off a grab and they got the grab the next thing that happened was the bottle popped up on the stage, the healing bottle, and it replenished me back to full health. And I knocked the person out, and the game gave me a perfect. And I'm like, 
that is just insult to injury when they know they hit me and I still got a perfect. Like, that's just messed up, Nintendo. You got to fix that. You can't let somebody win with a perfect because they got a healing item. That's that's not that's demoralizing to the person that loses. And losing is already pretty demoralizing. Yeah, that's that's why I think like if this game does become a competitive or if if it does end up having a competitive scene, I don't think those items are going to be there. All right. So our final mode is skill shot. Um Target practice, this is basically here to teach you how to effectively punch. The problem with skill shot, though, is that skill shot kind of favors the arms that have, like, the tri-blasts. You know, like, because with Ninjara, I used, you know, the hand with the three missiles that, you know, they each go in a separate direction. It really favors characters who use those items because you can break more targets at once. But the cool thing about this mode is you can actually attack your opponents and limit their ability to, to score on the board. But it's a it's a, it's an okay mode. It's it out of all the modes in the game, this is the one that most feels like a training mode to me, though. Yeah, I would agree. I, I would say that uh, I did appreciate the mode because it does help me with my accuracy. But at the same time, like you. After I got the hang of skill shot, I realized I was changing my arms out to the to the faster ones, the ones that that shoot out faster, so that I could get the uh, targets before my opponent could. So there are some arms that um, are just not going to be as good for that mode, which is a shame because the mode is really just trying to teach you how to more accurately use those arms. Um, and I'm sure like Master Mummy's um, really big like mega ton arm would be good just because it has a wide radius to maybe take out more than one target but some of the other arms that are a lot slower are just not going to be good for that mode um so yeah, like helix's shield arms are going to be completely useless yeah there, there's just some arms that um they're just not going to be effective so that mode is i, I would say it's it's fun. I, I definitely like it more than V-Ball, um, but there are some limitations with it. Yeah, and personally, when I started playing Skill Shot frequently, when because it, it kept popping up in my test fire sessions, I just switched to Ninjara's like Tri Blast arms and used them both, and it made that mode really, really easy. Like I said, I don't know if that was necessarily a mode that they should have added for the test punch. I mean, because you technically have that training mode already in the game that teaches you how to punch and whatnot. So you kind of put the same thing in the game twice. I don't... It didn't feel necessary. I, and it doesn't really feel competitive either. That's the other downside to it, is that I don't necessarily feel like it's truly a competitive mode. It doesn't... There's no satisfaction of victory. It's... It, I, even in V-Ball, when you... You know, when you get a... When you get a spike in V-Ball, that's kind of satisfying. And in hoops, just dunking your overall opponent is satisfying. And in you know the standard fighting mode, you get if you beat somebody and you do you know you either you have a great comeback or you just straight body somebody, that in and of itself is already satisfying. There's nothing really satisfying about skill shot. 
Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I um I actually thought Skillshot was satisfying in that I liked that the mode was helping me um, learn how to use these arms better because the the practice mode that you can use while you're waiting um, it it's not as good because the game automatically you don't have to uh, shift because you you can actually um, if you press like the A button it will redirect you to another target you just you don't use that very often because you don't need it in a one-on-one -on -one match but like in a match where you're trying to target one opponent versus the other it, it's effective in the practice mode um, it does it for you in the skill shot mode um, you don't really need it in that mode either but it but you do have to kind of use your movement back and forth to, to really um, get in front of those targets so you can hit the ones that you want but I, I mean I agree with you it really wasn't like that competitive because I could tell when I wasn't really mad that I lost because I think the level of competitiveness like can be determined by my anger level when I lose. Like if I lost in hoops or if I lost in a one-on-one -on -one match, I would be pissed. But losing in hoops makes you feel disrespected. You have yeah. to avenge that loss. Oh yeah, it, there's a lot of salt in hoops, especially when someone like sends you face first into the ground via the basketball hoop. You are mad. And with skill shot, I was just like, eh, you know, like it's got its uses. It's a fun mode. But I didn't really care when I lost. I don't. I don't, I don't know. Skill shots being in the in the test punch, it didn't really do anything for me. Now, granted, I will take skill shots over V ball any day of the week. I will say that much. All right, guys, that's round four in the books. This is round five. Round five is our free discussion. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hit on a, on a number of topics in this round, and uh, I want to start with this question can arms be an esport nintendo has really focused on making a commitment to esports in the last few years by supporting games like smash and pokin but this is a game that they've built from the ground up with the competitive scene somewhat in mind can this game actually be an esport it's going to be interesting because especially when when you look at um Nintendo's first party IPs alone, we might have four games this year that could be esports um, like worthy. We, you already know Splatoon 2 is going to be an esport because Splatoon 1 kind of broke through that wall and, and there's a dedicated community behind that game. If we get Smash on the Switch, that is guaranteed it's going to be an esport. Uh, Pokemon Tournament didn't really have the community on the Wii U, but I think towards the end of this year and into 2018, when you start seeing the Wii, oh, sorry, the, Wii, the uh, Switch sales get into like double digits, I think if they release Pokin, we're going to see a bigger community, which which could allow that to be an esport as well. So then you have Arms, which is an untested brand new IP, and it's it's going to be competing with with a lot of these other games, and that's not to even mention whatever third-party games come out. And I'm cautiously optimistic because I think ARMS can become an eSport, but at the end of the day, it always comes down to the level of dedication within the community itself and whether or not there is something more to this game than just the surface. Like, is there going to be 
the same level of depth to arms that you can find in a Smash game or that you can find in Splatoon. And that is too early to tell because I don't know yet. On my side of this argument, I, I, I it's weird. I'm going to present two, two opposing thoughts in, in, in what I'm about to say. I don't think arms can be an eSport and that has to do with its controls. Not so much the motion, while I do think motion is somewhat of a hindrance. What I mean by controls is that when you look at all the, the tried and true and tested fighting games, like Tekken, Street Fighter, and to a lesser extent, Smash, all of these games use button combinations to perform attacks. And they're also much more fast-paced. Like, they, you know, you got 90 seconds on a clock, with the exception of Smash. And, you know, you have, you know, sh you know, limited health bars. And then you have the ability to use combos and super moves. Now, ARMS does have super moves. I mean, like, it's a carryover. And ARMS uses its super moves in a similar way to Street Fighter, where, you know, once you've unlocked your super... It can be used to turn the tide of battle. That's the whole reason that they were implemented into games like Street Fighters. Whereas, like in a game like Mortal Kombat, you know they didn't use super moves; they used finishing moves to end battles. But here, we're turning. The, you use them to turn the tide of battle. But they come at an expense in traditional fighting games. It requires real skill to and, and dexterity to perform the the complicated controls that are required to perform a super in Street Fighter. And in a lesser extent, to a lesser extent, Smash also requires you to know, you know, how to perform a less complex, uh, and but equally dexter dexterous amount of uh, button combinations in order to perform these super moves or these combos. And because of the, the simplified controls of arms where it's literally either swinging or tapping a button in order to throw a punch. I don't think anybody from the the hardcore FGC is going to look at a game like ARMS and they're going to find the appeal in it. They're going to say, well, this is a baby game because look at these simplified controls. Now, ARMS does take a lot of stuff from traditional fighting games, especially like that rock, paper, scissors mechanic of, you know, uh, strikes uh, beating uh, grabs and grabs beating blocks and blocks beating strikes. Like Those mechanics are pretty standard in most fighting games. But that's kind of where the similarities stop and ARMS is its own thing. And I just don't think hardcore fighting game players are going to find that appealing to them. They're going to think that it's an overly simplified version of a, of a fighting game. And I think that's going to alienate a lot of people. Now, I also think what alienates them is that the fact that Nintendo has done a very bad job in letting people know that this game doesn't need motion controls to be really, really good. I personally prefer, you know, the Pro Controller over the motion controls. I think it works phenomenally. But Nintendo was really quiet. We didn't know what these controls were going to be until the first test fire or the test punch. That was the first time we got to see what these controls would be like, and I think that was a mistake because that didn't do any favors for you know 
the larger FGC to see this game in a better light? Um, I do agree with, with most of what you're saying. I think that not revealing it until the test punch is okay, though, just because the game still hasn't been released, and so they're, they're allowing you to, to kind of figure these things out. But I do wish that there were some commercials, advertising arms, where it showed people playing it without the motion controls, because right now all of the marketing and advertising for this game shows exclusively people using motion controls, and that's um, not the only way to play this game. And the, the analog controls work just fine. So I think there would be a lot of people that, that um, maybe even people that don't have a Switch that look at this game and think, oh, I don't want to play with the motion controls. I don't like that. And, and they might not even realize that you don't have to. So in that sense, yes, a Nintendo does need to do a better job marketing it. But let's be real. ARMS isn't even a true fighter. Um, at the end of the day, I, I still consider Smash a true fighter. It's not a traditional fighter, but it's still a fighter. ARMS is a fighter combined with a shooter. It is like a fighter-shooter hybrid. And honestly, it could be its own genre. because I've never played a game like ARMS before. Because part of the depth in ARMS is going to come down to what types of arms that you use and each of those arms does have different attributes to it like fire wind ice stun whatever that is going to do something to the opponent and we haven't unlocked all of them we've only been given a sample of what we can use so far and arming your character to give them different attributes is something that most fighting games don't have along with the fact that when you're throwing those punches out it, it is almost like shooting at somebody as well so it's kind of a weird game in that sense and i don't think we've ever played anything like it i don't think it's a true fighting game and whether or not it becomes a competitive esports game like i said i am cautiously optimistic because i don't know what's where this game is is really going to go or um where the depth truly lies in this game because if it doesn't have enough depth it's it's not going to be an esport but from what i've seen um i don't want to completely rule, rule it out because i think there is a chance that it could be yeah. there, there are some there are some things about the game that make me think well i don't i don't think it's going to be an esport but there are some things that that make me think well it does have a chance so i mean i'm kind of i'm kind of just going to wait and see what happens now i do have one uh i have one basic thought here one that i one that i really really like is that half of esports is the spectatorship of it and arms while when you play it the controls are easy to learn easy easy to easy to learn easy to master and the movement is a little bit slower than you would see in your traditional fighting game. Watching someone play is very entertaining. It really is. Like, the movement and the deliberate, you know, uh, choice of attacks that a person has to make in a game like ARMS, it, it is intriguing. Like, when you watch somebody play ARMS, when you watch the way they move, the way they avoid attacks, the way they attack, you know, watching somebody pull off an, a grab... 
for some reason, it is really fun to watch somebody play, and that works in arms favor as an esport because like i said half of esports is just you know having spectators and i do honestly think that there is a spectator aspect to arms that a lot of other fighting games don't inherently have they i mean because when you look at a game like street fighter while you know it's it street fighter is always very exciting but it's very static you know you're working on a 2d playing field and that's it. Arms is an arena-based fighter, and if you are watching this as a spectator, there are a crap ton of ways to kind of view this game. Like, if there is a spectator mode, and they can pull out the camera, and you could, like, watch aspects of the match from above, that would be really interesting. Or looking at things from the side. Like, the way you could watch an arms match, if it if it has a spectator mode natively built into it, it's going to inherently be a lot more fun to watch than a lot of these other fighting games. And I think that's where ARMS really has an advantage that no other fighting game has ever had before. And it could change the way that spectator modes are seen in other fighting games. You know, I think that is such a great point, And uh, I really didn't think about it like that. Um, but you're right. It really is a great spectator sport because there's so much going on and even a simple attack, like just one punch because of like all the motions that are happening with what, whatever type of arm you're using. Like, you know, some of them are like, you know, having like little sparks or explosions fly out. Some of them are, are like laser beams, the arm of the character itself extending. Everything is just very cinematic and it looks really pretty so when you're sitting there watching all of this happening i noticed and you know there were times where i would get knocked out early and i would just watch the rest of the battle and, and i would think you know this is actually pretty interesting to watch and uh most fighting games honestly aren't i mean if you are really into the 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 community, like if you're really into Street Fighter V or you're really into Smash and you, you've you kind of come to know the uh, people who are, are, are fighting and, and you know like um, who's good and who's not and, and you've kind of come to learn the community, then yes, they can be interesting to watch. But just initially though, it is kind of bland. And there are some times where even... Even for myself, man, like I'll be watching a Smash tournament and I don't I don't stay tuned in the whole time. Arms is a is a lot more exciting for the spectator. And that is why um, I am optimistic that it does have a, a chance to be an esport because there is just something really special about about the game. And and part of the problem <laughs> with a lot of games, I think, uh, especially shooters, is that uh, you know, it, it's hard, even if the game is brilliant and it has a, a good community, it's hard to, to have a game be successful as an eSport if it's not a good spectator sport. Because if you can't watch it and be enthralled in what's going on, then it's not going to make it as an eSport. So in that sense, like, I think you're totally right. Like, there is definitely... ARMS has that 
and uh, it, it's got that element in spades. So that is another kind of interesting wrinkle in, in whether or not this game is just going to be like a Mario Kart fun party game or if it's going to be a little more serious. All right. So let's move on to the next part of this free discussion. Arms versus traditional 2D fighters. We kind of touched on this on whether or not it can be an eSport, but Arms does a lot of things different, man. I think the most important thing, the most important factor here that makes Arms different from almost every other fighting game I have ever played is that Arms is just about as... it's Movement plays just as important of a factor as the actual fighting is concerned. The way you move a character to either approach or dodge, it's actually more important because with arms, yes, your arms can stretch and move across the screen, but how you do that is just as important. Setting up that punch is really important. It's just like, you know, boxing or MMA. You don't just randomly throw all these punches and kicks and hope that they land you have to set up a punch and a kick so arms is a lot more deliberate of a game than games like street fighter where you only have one playing field you know like one plane to you know to make your attacks in street fighter you are almost always facing your opponent and if the off chance you're not facing your opponent it means you're getting bodied Arms uses movement to a player's advantage. The only times I really lose a match is when I'm actually being outmoved in arms. And that is key. I mean, the other things that I think traditional fighting games do a lot better are overall control schemes in general. Like, we've been playing a lot of Ultra Street Fighter 2. And like I said earlier, there's a lot of, like, button memorization and dexterity that is required of somebody who plays a game like Street Fighter 2 that I think I kind of wish arms had a little bit more of that. Like, it's nice to be able to throw out these, like, long looping punches. But I would, you know, if they added something like a button combination that would allow me to throw an uppercut, man, that would be awesome just for the sheer fun of being able to throw an uppercut. Not so much... You know that it's going to be a better thing, but I would just like to to have. You can even use something simple like Smash does. Smash uses like up A's and down B's and tilting. Some some elements from games like Street Fighter and Smash, if they had worked their way into Arms, I think it would have been a better game for it. Now I get it. This is a game that's supposed to be all encompassing. You know, like that's what Nintendo does. Nintendo likes to find ways to to you know to bridge the gap between you know a newer player and a skilled player. I just think that we're, this game specifically I mean there's literally no gap between what a skilled you know person who plays a lot of fighting games and a new player. There's no gap. Everybody's kind of on an even playing field because there's not a whole lot going on as far as complexity is concerned. And I think that even applies to other Nintendo fighting games as well. Like, we have Smash and we have Pokemon Tournament. 
Pokemon Tournament is also a game that uses button combinations, but they're simplified button combinations nonetheless. And I just really think that ARMS could have taken a few elements from the traditional fighter to, to be a little bit more competitive. So I, I don't think that having an elaborate combination sequence of buttons that you have to memorize makes it complex. It just means you have to memorize more when you want to make a special attack. And I, I don't particularly like that in some fighting games. Um, I've played Mortal Kombat X, and that's kind of like one of those games where you really have to know the commands, and they they kind of make it hard for the casual gamer. And it ends up just not being so much about skill as it is about like who can memorize the most combinations. And, and that's, I think, one of the flaws in a traditional fighting game is that some games can get carried away with that. And I think there is complexity in ARMS. I just think it it's more in the movement of your character and how you, how you move around the stage. And, and just like Smash, the, the complexity of Smash is more about um, movement as well and, and finding combos that don't have a specific button command for. Finding a combo with your character that you can use... Um, in, in the game that's that's not just given to you. There it's Smash is kind of like one of those more free flowing fighters that it in my opinion it's it's kind of like a evolved fighter. It just has something about it that's a little bit less scripted. And as good as uh, a traditional fighting game with with the right game mechanics and, and the right um you know, features is, I don't think it's the only way to make a game complex. There are different ways you can, you can inject that into a fighting game. It just, um, and I don't know if, if ARMS is going to have enough of it to be a eSport, but I, I think the complexity in ARMS is, is going to lie within the movement of the character. All right. So moving on with this, I think this is a question that I'm, I'm kind of stumped here, but why have players taken to the characters of arms so strongly? Because like, they're designed well. I keep hearing this comparison to Overwatch a lot. Like arms is the over is Nintendo's Overwatch when it comes to character design. And, and, and this isn't anything that's new. Nintendo has always had great character design. Like, look at Mario. Mario is the most enduring video game character of all time. I mean, and yet, the characters of ARMS are like an instant hit. Like, I I thought they looked great, but I didn't necessarily think they would be as embraced as they are. I, I, they're almost more popular than the Inklings from Splatoon. Twin Tail is definitely more popular than the Inklings in Splatoon. She, like, she's just taking the world by storm. Well, they, they do have the advantage of being fully fleshed out characters with, with stories and actual like voice actors, whereas the Inklings are avatars, so they're more personalized to however you choose to make them. Um, 
so yeah, in, in that sense, ARMS has a lot of personality, but um, I think it's it's a little bit unfair to compare it to Overwatch because ARMS does enough to stand on its own two feet, and it's it's got um, a lot of unique characters that don't necessarily really remind me of Overwatch. There's one or two that do, you know, like Mechanica or... Um, maybe like Springman, but for the most part, I don't think it, it really is like Overwatch. Um, I just think the characters are really well designed, and I think that's why they've, they've stood out, and Nintendo has definitely gone for quality over quantity. That's why we only have 10 characters right now, because instead of trying to release a game where you had like 16 or 20 playable characters, Nintendo decided they wanted to make each character strong in its own right, and I really like that about this game. You know, moreover, to, 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 to extend our, our, our sight a little bit beyond ARMS, this is the second new Nintendo IP where the characters have been applauded and are generally loved by the fan base like the inklings are also really popular especially you know more so in japan than anywhere else but in general the inklings are really popular like what we're seeing at nintendo is like i don't, I don't want to say it's not really a changing of the guard but we're seeing like a new golden age when it comes to character designs because we're seeing characters that are becoming just as beloved as characters like mario and link and doing it in a much faster time span. Like, it took Mario years to really be seen as the icon that he truly is, and Link even longer as a character. But these these new characters, the Inklings and the Fighters from ARMS, they are being treated like, like royalty right now. Like, they're getting so much love, and they're being really embraced by not just Nintendo fans, but all these... Switch owners that weren't always necessarily Nintendo fans, like they're embracing these characters, and like like I said, it's like we're seeing like a new golden age for Nintendo when it comes to like new IP and new characters. Yeah, I I don't know if they're becoming more beloved than Mario or or Link or Zelda, but they're definitely um, making a big impression on people. And you're right that people have kind of instantly. Um, clung to some of these characters. You know, Twintel and Min Min both have a lot of fan art out there for those characters. There are people who really just adore them. And even uh, Mechanica and Ninjara have a lot of uh, support from from the community as well. So it's it just goes to show that um, sometimes you don't really have to have a big roster to to have a a diverse fighting game. Sometimes you just need to make sure that the characters you do have are really well fleshed out, and uh, these characters um, are are good enough in their own right that there isn't a bad character in the bunch. Now I can't say for sure whether or not that goes for their fighting abilities, but as far as their design and the personality 
behind the fighter. They've all got um, really good uh, designs. So, yeah. I, I'm just really happy at where we are right now. Like, we're in a very awesome place as Nintendo fans. Like, a year ago, this time, one year ago, we were dreading E3. We were actually dreading E3 because <laughs> there was nothing. There was nothing on the horizon except for Breath of the Wild. And we knew that game was delayed until 2017 by this point. I, look, at, look at how much difference a year makes, really, man. Like, a year later, like, Nintendo is sitting so much prettier. Everybody's, like, excited. And here we have a brand new IP that, if done correctly, if Nintendo plays its cards right, they have a new IP that can, you know, possibly stand the test of time and one that could, you know, enter them into, like, the FGC again. Because Smash is already there, but you could have another fighting game find its way into the FGC. This is a crazy place for Nintendo to be. Yeah, I I, um, I think we're in a golden age of Nintendo as far as fighting games are concerned. I mean, we may not be in the golden age of fighting games. Uh, I think you, you were telling me earlier today um, that we were in like the Silver Age because it's kind of like a, a rebirth, but it's not quite like it was in the 90s. But I think for Nintendo, this is definitely a golden age for them because right now they have three brand new IPs that are, well, not brand new, but but they have um, two brand new IPs plus Smash Bros. that are all really great fighting games so far. And um, and I don't think all of them need to def like be in the um, competitive scene to, to really be successful because, um, you know, the, like, ARMS could be successful as a party-style game like Mario Kart, where people love to compete against their friends but doesn't necessarily have a an eSports scene to it. And um, and you do have Pokken, which, despite the fact that it, it got really great reviews, just didn't have the, the community on the Wii U because, number one, it, it came out last year. The game's only been out for a year. Number two... Um, it just kind of came out during the end of the Wii U's lifespan. But that is a game that has the quality to be successful in the esports scene. So potentially, I mean, we have three Nintendo fighting games right now that are all pretty popular in their own right. And um, and we're kind of lucky because they're all good games too. There's, you know, none of those games are um, like in an area where you would say, well, this game just mechanically isn't very sound or the controls aren't aren't that tight. Like, they're all good in their own right. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say any of them are, like, perfect by any means, but but we're pretty lucky right now in the fighting department. No, 100% true. That is, like, we're sitting pretty right now, and this, in general, is sitting alongside a bunch of other fighting games in the world right now that are taking the world by storm. Like, Street Fighter V has built up a... It, it has continued to build upon the community that that Street Fighter has always had. Uh, Mortal Kombat seen a little bit of a rebirth. Uh, the Injustice series is 
is taking off, bringing DC superheroes into the into the mix of fighting games. Obviously, Tekken Seven just got released to pretty damn good reviews, and Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite is coming out later this year. Like, in terms of fighting games, we are sitting in a tremendous place right now. Where, like I, I like you said, like like I had told you earlier, we're in a silver age. The only difference is is that we don't have the venue that we used to have. And that's what's truly kind of missing is the venues during the golden age were the arcades. And that's missing. That's the missing element that won't ever really allow what's happening now to like be a second golden age. But it's almost as good. And I think arms can find a place it among these other great fighters they nintendo needs to just be committed to this game like to be honest they weren't as committed to splatoon as they should have been right out the door yes that is that is a good point because splatoon i mean i, th- I think the uh the changes that they've made to splatoon 2 are are like definitely esports minded but when Splatoon first came out, it took Nintendo by surprise. They didn't really think it was going to be as popular as it was. And it ended up having a very dedicated competitive community to it. And and all the tournaments had to be organized without any support from Nintendo, like Smash. But it it found a it carved a niche out and it, it found a way to survive. And Nintendo um, need to make sure that they don't waste this opportunity with arms. I totally agree. Like if if arms, if if, they, if a couple like let's say like three or four months down the line, they see that arms has that potential to be esport. They need to jump on it. They need to have a sponsored tournaments to to push it because if this game does have that potential, you don't want to waste it by like inaction. I 100% agree, man, and. Let Splatoon be the lesson. Let Splatoon be the lesson that Nintendo needs to learn from. These are different times, and Splatoon really showcased that audiences are craving new experiences and take the time to properly develop and then market these games. Like That's, that's the other half of the battle. Don't just support the game, but continually market the game. Like, you can see, like, halfway through that that first summer of Splatoon, once Nintendo realized this game was selling, their marketing for that game changed really quickly. Really quickly, because if you look at those early Splatoon commercials where they're like, you're a kid, now you're a squid, now they're annoying. They're annoying-ass commercials. But then when they were getting ready to gear up for that August update, that second round of commercials for that game, you could tell that they were like, this game took off, promote the hell out of it. You could see where the shift was. With ARMS marketed that way from the beginning, and it's a whole different story. Now, the the plus side is here, is that people have already embraced these characters. That's already happened. All you have to do is just make some really great commercials for this game and put some non-motion controls, some traditional controls in some of these commercials. 
so that people can see that there are multiple ways to play this game, that they're not just pigeonholed to the motion controls. Uh, but with that being said, I only have uh, one more thing here in round five, man. Are there any characters you want to see from Nintendo's long and storied history get added to ARMS? Hmm, I don't know. I think you should go first on this one because I'm, I'm still thinking. See, for me, there is only one fighter that needs to make his way into this game. You can't have a boxing game on any Nintendo platform and not think about Little Mac. Yes, his arms don't stretch. Doesn't matter. We don't even need a reason to make his arms stretch. Just give him some, you know, Monkey D. Luffy or Mr. Fantastic arms, and we're cool with that. Little Mac, he already has a great character design. He kind of already looks like he's in line with the characters from ARMS. Like, it almost looks like ARMS was at one point, like, going to be a new version of Punch-Out!, but things changed somewhere in the development, and they were like, okay, it's a new IP. I think Little Mac could get plugged into that universe, and it would be an awesome thing to see Little Mac just show up. And hell, I'd play as Little Mac in this game. It would, for me, that's the one fighter who needs to be there. It yeah. just makes 100% sense that he's in this game. It does, and he would be perfect for the ARMS universe. He would, he would fit. And, uh, I mean, the only other character I could think of is, like, Dalsim, just because as a character, he fits into the fighting scheme because he can teleport. He's got unique movement abilities. His arms stretch. Like, Dalsim would, would fit into the game really well. I don't know if he'd fit into the arms universe, and I think because it's arms one right now, they might want to kind of keep it a little bit more pure and and maybe not start adding, like, Street Fighter characters until maybe, like, Arms 2 or Arms 3. But, you know, he would be a cool character to have. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about Dalsim. You could totally put that dude in being there. Yoga Flame. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could even use his feet, too. Dalsim could have, you know, he could be kicking people and punching people, so he could be totally OP. But, um I don't think we would see that in, in the first iteration of this game, maybe Arms 2 or Arms 3. But, I mean, Little Mac, he fits into the universe perfectly. So if you can find a way to mechanically make it work so that he could punch people, like maybe it's not his arms that extend, but like his gloves or something, or, you know, like there, if there's a way to fit him in, I think they should definitely do that because they've already um, confirmed that there's going to be DLC characters for this game. They said all the DLC is going to be free. They're going to add new characters, new stages, and that is great. So if we are going to get new characters for the game, I think they should try to find a way to put Little Mac in there. It just makes too much sense to not, to not do it. And, man, it's time that Little Mac got himself back out there. He had a nice showing in Smash. But it's been a long time since we've had a punch-out game. We haven't had a punch-out game since the Wii. Yeah, so. and he can't even be utilized in Smash because of the stage bans, which I totally disagree with. And this is another topic for another day, but um, I don't think we need to be banning stages just because uh, they don't necessarily have like a drop-off or 
Um, they're not traditional for the previous like stages we've been getting in Smash, and and uh, it just limits the amount of characters you can choose. So Little Mac's not even really that viable in Smash right now. So if they brought him in arms, it would be kind of good because it would be nice to see a game where he is viable. Oh, I 100% agree. All right. So uh, last question, and we're going to go ahead and wrap this up, man. Has this been a successful test punch? Without a doubt, yes. It's been a very successful test punch because there was a lot of people um, on the fence about whether or not they were going to buy this game. And I would say that probably 8 or 9 out of 10 people who were on the fence are probably going to get this game now. There's you know, there's always going to be a few that, that um, kind of go back and say, well, I played it, it's not really for me. But from what I've seen on social media and from what I know from some of my friends who played the game, I, I think it was really successful because it's definitely changed some people's minds. And there's a lot of people who want to get this game now. See, it's changed my mind. I... I was going to buy this game because it's a new IP and it's a new game for the Switch, but it, it felt like it was going to be like an obligated purchase. You know what? I, I felt the same way. I, like, I was like, I'm going to get this game because it's a new IP and I think it's got some potential, but if I'm being honest with you, I was not sure that this was going to be, the, number one, that it was going to work, and number two, that it was going to be fun. I was kind of buying it out of good faith in Nintendo IP. So I'm <laughs> I'm with you on that. Exactly. Yeah, like it for me it was like, oh, I feel obligated to make this purchase because it's a Nintendo IP coming out on on a new platform. It I wasn't necessarily hooked. I, I remember my reaction, you know, to the game initially. I it was so skeptical. So skeptical. And I feel like even though I don't necessarily think this game is competitively viable as an eSport, I mean, time will tell. There's something really fun about this game that I just really can't put into words, really. This game is just basic fun. And honestly, that's all it really needed to be. It needed to be fun, and this game is definitely fun. And I appreciate that. And now... You know, when I go to buy this game, I don't feel obligated. I look, I'm looking forward to getting this game and spending more time with it. So hell yes, for me, this was a very successful weekend, two weekends of test punches, and I am generally, ex genuinely excited to buy Arms when it comes out. And I'm really excited to watch that tournament that's going to be happening at E3 to see. You know what the you know to watch other people play because right now my experience is really just limited to actually playing it. I want to see somebody else play. I want to see it in action competitively. So I'm excited about this, and I cannot wait until you know that Friday when it gets released. I'm excited, man. So hell yeah, very successful test punch, man. Anything else to add to this? Nope. All right, so guys, we got to hit you up with these social media links before we go. You can hit us up on Twitter at Nice1983 and at EmpowerZone. Uh, you can also hit up Mario After Party at Mario After Party. You can hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash Nintendo PowerZone, 
If you're a fan of the Nintendo Power Zone podcast, you can download new episodes on iTunes, Google Play Music, stream new episodes on Stitcher Radio. But if you like watching the show live, you can catch it right here on YouTube, youtube.com slash user slash the article, T-H-A-A-R-T-I-C-L-E. And guys, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for watching. Stay fresh. Stay fresh, guys. This is... hard to not do this without laughing. I don't know how Bruce Buffer does this shit. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening sanctioned by the Nintendo Power Zone Commission. Our two hosts judging this content are Nice1983 and Mario After Party. And when the actions begin, the referee in charge of the battle area is Reggie Phil... How do you say his last name? Fizame. Fizame. Okay, sorry. You're good.